I believe life is one big spiritual creative experience and everything that we do, whether it's start a business, write a book, fall in love, or I don't know, pull a bunch of tarot cards, has a little spiritual lesson wrapped up inside of it. I'm obsessed with trying to understand the mysteries of the world from the arcane to the mundane and unboxing as many spiritual lessons as I can. And on the 12th house, we're going to explore all of that. So let's get into it together. Welcome to a very special episode of the 12th house. I'm Michelle, your co-host and the head witch in charge of holisticism. And I did something I never thought I would do. (laughs) In fact, I did something I said I was never going to do, which is I wrote a book. It's not really, it's more, well, okay, hold on a sec. I was just going to put myself down a little bit, but it's a 17,000 word book. So I would say it's a novella. It's a day book. Listen, it's no, it's not a little life. It's not 700 pages, but It's a pretty juicy little tome on a subject that's near and dear to my heart, which is a little bit meta, which is writing. And I'm a little excited, a little nervy, a little like, where do I even begin with telling you about this book that I accidentally wrote? Let's roll the tape back. I've been writing and getting paid for it for the last 13 years. And for probably three of those years, I didn't consider myself a writer. And my first actual job as a writer um, and editor, I remember applying to it and being like, what am I supposed to share here? Do I share like my college essays? Like, what do I do? And I really quickly, like, probably not really quickly, but over the span of probably an evening, wrote a couple of articles and sent them in as my, that was it. That was what I sent as my writing samples. And I got the job and I was like, okay, I don't know that much (laughs) about writing. I feel like I can read and that's probably a good start. But other than that, don't really know what I'm doing. And I had a lot of imposter syndrome calling myself a writer those first couple of years. But the thing about writing is as long as you put words on paper, you're a writer. Do you have to do it every single day? No, you don't. Do you have to be good at it? No, you, you don't. But you get better at it. And the only way to improve your writing process is to practice. And writing is like the key to getting anything you want, I think. That is my perspective. And I'm bearing the lead a little bit here because, like, we talk so much about magic and intention and spirituality and all of the stuff on holisticism, right? And I do believe, obviously, in many tools that are outside of this sort of norm that can collapse a timeline and get us what we want with more ease and more grace and more flow. Intention, spell work, there's talking to our ancestors, calling on our spiritual guides, using the Akashic records, whatever it is that you want to do and whatever you're attracted to in this moment in in time in your life. And one of the most like practical magic tools has to be writing, has to be copywriting to me. And I love teaching copywriting and basically like conversion copywriting to anyone and everyone who will listen to me (laughs) because it's the cheapest way to grow your business. It's also the most recession-proof skill that you could have in your back pocket. It's like the easiest thing to upskill in and see a huge ROI (laughs) to use some bro-y, I don't know. But really, you see such a return on your investment, exponential kickbacks when you just focus a little bit of time and intentionality in the writing that you do. 
And I learned this over and over again. And it's so annoying because I, much like eating healthy, like I wish that I didn't feel better when I ate green stuff. Like I wish that I felt as good, as amazing eating bread and cheese as I do when I like have a smoothie and glug chlorophyll. But I don't. I feel better when I eat healthy and it's so annoying. What's even worse, I feel great when I exercise. Ugh, I wish I didn't because that stuff's frustrating and it takes more time and energy for me to do. But it does make me feel better. And I think that writing is like similar in that sort of taking the vitamins approach where if I just spend five more minutes zhuzhing an email that I'm firing off to someone for something as simple as, do you want to hop on a phone call? Or would you like to be a podcast guest? Or I need some help with this thing. Do you know anyone who can help me? If I just spend more time, a little bit more time, and focus on the writing of it and the craft of it, I, I, it's like astronomical when I get back in return. It's stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid, but in a good way, because it's stupid, like good, happy, getting lots of things that we want. And I will say, I really think that writing has gotten me most of the things that I love the most in this world, or at least gotten me halfway or part of the way there. When I met my husband, I started writing him letters and notes. And I really do think that's part of why he didn't run in the opposite direction, um, because I could articulate myself a little bit more clearly through the written word than I could over, I don't know, over dinner at Little Dom's. I've gotten jobs from my writing. I've gotten, we have to home. <laughs> the reason that we got our home is because of a letter that I wrote to the person who owned the home previously. It's been pretty cool to just see how this skill that everyone has access to and everyone can shine up in such an easy, like low effort way, honestly. It's so easy to become a better writer. It's just incredible. It's like the most accessible super skill <laughs> that exists. And for that reason, I love teaching writing. And more like, let me go back. I'm not like a writing expert. I'm not. I do not claim that title. But I have a sensibility and I've been practicing writing for a really long time. And not only have I practiced writing for pleasure and for joy to make content, I also have long, long journey and career in conversion copywriting and selling things. My emails and my copy have sold in the probably tens of millions at this point worth of products not just for myself, but for other people, which is really cool. And that just, for me, reinforces that when you learn the basics of writing and really the psychology behind writing, which is really just empathy, and you get this like bird's eye view of where to go. When you sit down and you're looking at that blinking cursor on your screen, and you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to write in this email that I send every week? When you go back to some of the like core tenets of how to write well, and how to be engaging, it begins to unfold out of you. And that doesn't mean that there's not work and that you don't have to practice. Of course you do. But I wish that I had learned some of these tools and these frameworks earlier in my career because I think it would have saved me a lot of tears. But they're hard one. It's hard one knowledge that I'm happy to share now as often as I can and to simplify as often as I can because, like I said, writing changed my life writing, created a business, created a world. It created friendships. It's done. It's like probably the reason my husband married me. 
And I wanted to write this book, The New Age Playbook for Spellbinding Can't Stop Reading Copy, to guide you through, I think, the three most important sort of building blocks of writing well, especially if you're a business owner. And let's be like completely candid with each other here. Every single person uses writing at some point in their job. Like, even if you're a back end developer, you're still writing emails to your superiors or you're still giving a written advice in an SOP to, I don't know, the person who's going to take your job after you, or you're still writing instructions. We all write all the time. And it is a component of the work that we do. For some of us, it's a major component because we're making content, we're writing sales emails, we're writing sales pages, we're writing website copy. For others, like I said, it's more, it's maybe like falls a little bit into the background, but it's still important. Whether it's a hard skill or a soft skill, something that you use to make money or something that you use to win friends and influence people, we still need to know how to write. And just by like upping your skill set a smidgen, you will be head and shoulders above everyone else because most people don't know how to write well. And my thesis is that school beats it out of us. School beats write, good writing out of us. We, we have these natural sort of innate instincts when it comes to writing that when we learn how to write a five paragraph essay and we learn a formulaic way of doing that, it actually like destroys that instinct inside of us. And most people don't practice. And writing doesn't require hours and hours every day of practice. It requires 15 minutes, 10 minutes, just doing it. And honestly, and reading a little bit. And who doesn't love reading? I love reading. Reading changes your mind. Reading also works at the pace of your brain. Love a good podcast, obviously. Love a good piece of video content. But for us to really absorb and metabolize and understand concepts, I really think that the human brain is does that best at the pace that it takes us to read something. So I w- wanted to write this guide, this book. I did not set out to write a sort of novella. That's just sometimes what happens. That's how the cookie crumbles. I wanted to write this because it's what I honestly wish I could hand every single person who comes into a class with me where we talk about copywriting because it's the sort of basis, foundational, most important stuff. And it's applicable to the work that you do, the writing that you do, no matter what your job is. If you are writing for your small business or you're writing an email to your boss or you're writing an email to your kid's teacher and school, all of the tools in this book will help you. And I also just want to say there's nothing wrong with ChatGPT and with using AI. Like we've talked about it on this show before. And I'm sure that my thoughts around AI will change as we learn more about it and as the technology develops. I think that AI is an incredible tool. I love ChatGPT. And I know, (laughs) I know when someone is using ChatGPT for their copy or anything else, any other AI tool. And I've used these tools myself. And just like that damn exercise analogy, I'm like, oh God, I wish I could use ChatGPT. Like I really have tried to hack that system of telling the AI that you're a philosopher with a sense of humor who's studied every single article written on the cut by New York Magazine and you're writing about XYZ thing, setting it all, setting it all up, right? Giving a really like explicit, not explicit, specific prompt for the AI to spit out. And time again, I am disappointed by what I get. And 
it's never been something that's usable, like from start to end. While using AI might be a good jumping off point for the copy that you're going to edit, which is pretty much, spoiler, that's what this book is about. It's not like an open and shut case. You can just launch something into ChatGPT or copy AI and expect it to spit out copy that's perfect for your brand and your business and your customer. And maybe that will change in the future. Maybe I'll be like, actually, I programmed an AI based on the way that I like to write and it's perfect and we should all be using it. But but I still think that even if we get to that point, which is pretty far off, knowing these core components and these core skills puts you miles ahead of your competitors, of the people out there in your industry who are offering similar things or who are making content. And listen, we're all competing for our customers' eyes, whether we're in the same business or not, because our users, our listeners, they only have so much free time to take in information. And if your information is portrayed in a way that's like boring and snoozy, you're never going to get through to people. So all that to say, I'm really proud of this workbook. It's a digital workbook. It's 30 pages. It'll take you probably half a morning to go through and complete. And you can always go back to it and refer back to it as your constant companion when you're writing and making things in the world. No matter, like I said, no matter what you do, whether you are a content creator and a small business owner, or you're someone who works a nine to five, and (laughs) writing is not part of your technical job description, we all use writing. And if we can upskill just a smidgen, just a little bit, it will exponentially improve your life by making your communication easier, by getting people excited to read what you have to say, by earning you more money, by converting customers who have been sitting on the fence for ages because they just didn't get what you were trying to say. And now you can finally articulate it to them. It can get you anything that you dream of, or at least a little closer to that whether that's a house or your dream apartment or a scholarship to the university grad program that you want to go to or a date with someone who you think is really cool but you're a little bit shy to talk to or an audience that you want to grow for this other project that you're trying to build. Writing can get you so much and it costs us so little. So with that, I'm excited to announce the ZBook the New Age Playbook for Spellbinding Can't Stop Reading Copy. And I wanted to give you a sneak peek. So we're going to dive into the very first chapter, which is the seven frames of interesting writing. You can find the book at the link in the show notes, and it's priced really affordably because I just think that everyone should have this skill and it should be accessible to you. And I'm really excited for you to take it in because I just love teaching this and I can't wait to see what you end up doing with it. So with that, I'm going to give you a little sneak peek of what's in the book. Let's get started. Chapter one, the seven frames of interesting writing. Okay, I love you so much. Please don't take it personally when I say this, but no offense. Stop trying to be a good writer because it's making you a bad writer. Well, actually do whatever you want. If your dream is to have a byline in The New Yorker to wear a newsboy cap as you clickety-clackety on your typewriter at 3 a.m. and mutter about deadlines and robber barons and yellow journalism, then you should aspire to be a good writer. Continue on, please. But for a lot of us, myself included, straining under the pressure to write well means that we simply do not write at all. And practicing writing, often and badly, is the only way to get better at it, which is a bit of a conundrum in it. 
may offer you a reframe instead of trying to be a good writer, try to be an interesting writer. Boring equals bad. Boring writing is always bad, and bad writing is usually boring. You might have the most genius, show-stopping, groundbreaking concept hidden on the page, but if you present that as a regular old snooze fest to your audience, it doesn't matter how brilliant your idea is. No one's going to stick around long enough to excavate it. The easiest way to become a better writer and to make your work more bingeable is to make your writing more interesting and less snoreworthy. Obvious, right? One more time though, don't worry about good writing. Focus on interesting writing first because the rest will follow. Now, you're not a bad writer, but you're probably a bad editor. I know, you thought I was gonna be your sweet, kind cheerleader this whole time, but now I've taken an unprotected left turn on the tough love boulevard. I'm so mean. But please don't take too much offense at this. You're a quote-unquote bad editor just because no one teaches us how to futz with our own work. Most of us write one draft and one draft only. We run the thing through Grammarly. We thesaurus the shit out of a few keywords. We hit publish. And then a few days later, we wonder why that thing we farted out in 47 minutes didn't go stunningly viral. A mystery. But unless you're secretly David Sedaris, in which case, D-Dog, baby, I love your work. (laughs) Or, and, you have a minimum of like 10 years of daily writing practice under your belt, it's impossible to write a first draft and expertly employ the seven frames of interesting writing. Editor's note here, even David Sedaris does a first draft. Actually, he usually writes like 12 to 18 drafts. Here's a quote from his course in Masterclass. Nine times out of 10, my only comment is you need to rewrite this 60 times. And most people don't even want to hear that. They don't want to hear that you have to write, rewrite it one time. But that's what writing is. It's rewriting. And sometimes something's not worth rewriting. You think, oh, so bored with this. It's not worth diving back into. And that's fine because not everything is worth diving back into. But I would say personally, I probably write something over 12 to 18 times before I give it to my editor, David Sedaris. If you want to write better words more quickly, do not write your first draft with the seven frames of interesting writing in mind. Write, then edit. Put on your weird little freaky deaky freak hat and pour out your brain onto the page or computer, keyboard, notes, app, stone tablet, whatever it is that's in front of you. Then, and only then, you can put on your mean but smart editor hat and apply the seven frames to what you've got. This isn't a trick. Ashton Kutcher is nowhere to be found, thank Christ. I mean it when I say to write and then edit. It's not a new concept, but it's the advice most writers give to others because it works and because it's annoying. I guarantee you will write more quickly if you burp out a bad first draft with the expectation that it should be bad. Like, it should suck. Surrender to the turdness. Embrace the fact that your first pass will be excruciating to read back to yourself. If it isn't, you're probably not writing fast enough and you're definitely editing yourself as you write. First draft should exercise all the potential ideas for what you're thinking about writing about. And there will be ideas that you don't use or that you shelve for the future. Don't worry about those ones. It should shake up your brain like a piggy bank and see if anything surprising falls out. And it should get something, anything, on the page to edit later. Magic happens in the edit and you can't edit a blank page. So Pinky promised me that you'll wait to put your mean but smart editor hat on until after you've word vomited your first draft. Work through the seven frames of interesting writing like a checklist. Applying the seven frames is like getting dressed in the morning. You run through a mental checklist as you pick out your attire, making choices about what you might wear based on what's appropriate for the day in front of you. And you do this without really thinking about it at this point. 
but just go with me here. Wowee, another day. What a glorious moment to be alive. Okay, so should I change out of my pajamas? That's frame one or option one, decision one, if you will. Yes, we are getting dressed today. Okay, bra or no bra? That's decision or frame number two. Bra, okay, surprising choice. It looks like it's cold outside, so I'm going to wear pants, frame number three, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The seven frames of interesting writing is a checklist for you to run through as you edit your work. You don't need to apply every frame to every piece of writing. You don't have to wear a bra every day if you don't want to. Sometimes you want to wear jeans and a t-shirt. Sometimes you want to recreate the excessively accessorized belted dress ensemble from the iconic Devil Wears Prada Cerulean monologue scene. Your writing is the same. There's a time and a place for maximalism, minimalism, and moderation. With that, let's get into the seven frames. Cash. Me personally, I have the memory of a goldfish. I mutter, lefty Lucy, righty tighty, under my breath every time I strain to pop the top on a Trader Joe's vodka sauce jar. My brain requires mnemonics to complete basic functions. I'm very stupid. Our friendly wordplay reminder for the seven frames of interesting writing is cash. As it turns out, better writing can land you anything from a fat paycheck to a dream house to a million dollar sales page. So cash seems apropos. Let's start with C, cadence. This is where we break traditional writing rules in the name of flavor and rhythm. Think, Harry Burns' monologue at the end of When Harry Met Sally. Think, repetition in sentence fragments. Think, Kim Cattrall, scatting. An example of cadence from ABC Copywriting. Storyteller, truth bender, light shiner, joke cracker, crowd pleaser, money maker, silver tongued, gold digger. Spirit lifter, bombshell dropper, signposter, wood seer, carrot dangler, stick wielder, feature writer, benefit claimer, deal closer, eye opener, smile raiser, tear jerker, friend maker, newsbreaker, picture painter, word wrangler, pen pusher, traffic puller, copywriter. That was like some spoken word shit. Okay, let's try this description of a jacket that I all of a sudden desperately need from the website J. Peterman. On a veranda in Spain. Women who wear jackets like this one don't need to be especially clever or exceptionally striking, but they unfailingly are. One such creature is meeting me at a restaurant near the Plaza de Cabillo. She has a connection to an Uzbekistan rug dealer, and I have a first edition she's been trying to pry from my collection for a decade. Peterman, it's been far too long. Her voice emerges throaty and warm and goes up an octave when she laughs. The combination delights all within earshot. And then there's her jacket. The scenario is almost too obvious. The bold, embroidered suns working in concert with the fiery glow of a setting sun. Or simply, fortuitous. Okay, drama. And of course, there's Harry's monologue from When Harry Met Sally. Well, how about this way? I love that you get cold when it's 71 degrees out. I love that it takes you an hour and a half to order a sandwich. I love that you get a little crinkle above your nose when you're looking at me like I'm nuts. I love that after I spend a day with you, I can still smell your perfume on my clothes. And I love that you are the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night. And it's not because I'm lonely and it's not because it's New Year's Eve. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. When the cadence of a piece is striking, your reader can vividly hear your voice in their head. Billy, is that you? It's one tool that we can use to help our audience slow down and digest the words on the page. Cadence is musicality. It's how your writing sounds. Remember, a great song has a bridge, a melody, a chorus. It has movement, variability, dynamism. Make your writing more dynamic and play with cadence. Change up the length of your sentences. Play with long arabesquing phrases and short staccato sentences. 
See the differences between our first example from ABC Copywriting, Staccato, Storyteller, Truthbender, Lightshiner, versus the variability of sentence length in the description of the jacket from Jay Peterman. Consciously add in repetition as a pattern, like Billy's I love and it's not. This works well at the beginning of a series of sentences or paragraphs. Use a variety of punctuation. Try M dashes, parentheticals, ellipses, micolons, commas. If you find yourself falling back on all reliable, insert your punctuation choice here, minus the M dash, challenge yourself to change it up. Employ AB structure. Satire or comedy writing tends to follow AB structure. It's very simple. A is the setup, B is the punchline. A is the grounded or normal thing that grounds the world and the genre. B is your game or the subversion of the trope, the joke, etc. Just A, B, A, B forever and ever until you climax or anti-climax, more on that later. Just make sure with every use of A, B, especially in comedy or satire, each use is more heightened than the last. You're going to level up each punchline. You can use A, B structure in your writing even if you're not writing comedy. Imperfect practice. Put on your weird little freaky deaky freak hat. Write freely about a moment in your life when you decided to take action. Or something else if you don't like that prompt. Doesn't matter. Don't edit, don't delete, and don't think too hard about this. This should be a bad first draft. Try to get enough on the page that you have some material to work with. You can make this as long as you'd like or as short as you want. The most important thing is that you have something on the page. So let's say like a minimum of four sentences. When you're done, put on your smart editor hat. Add cadence into your piece. Use phrases or word repetition, punctuation, and sentence length to change up the cadence. Okay, there you have it. The tiny sliver of the first chapter in the New Age playbook for spellbinding can't stop reading copy. Chapter one is the seven frames of interesting writing. So there's six more frames for you to go through. Chapter two is the stages of awareness. And chapter three are copywriting formulas. I'm so excited for you to get your hands on this. It's something that I've wanted to make for a really long time because I just think that writing is honestly the best skill set. I have never felt scared or stuck about what my future holds when I remember that I can write well. And I'm like, listen, I didn't, I don't have an MFA in creative writing, far from it. But I know that number one, I've got a much stronger foundation than most people. And that sets me apart. And that can set you apart too. And number two, as long as I keep practicing writing, I'm going to get better and better at it. And I'll never feel stuck up. I don't know. What is that? Up a river without a paddle. I know that I will never feel that way because I have writing as a skill in my pocket. I can parlay that skill into so many different, I don't know, jobs, <laughs> titles, industries, ways to get and create the world around me that I desire and that I would like to create around me. I just think that writing is like this super skill that we're all sleeping on and that honestly, a lot of our English teachers did us dirty. And my goal is to bestow to you some tools to get started to make your writing more dynamic and interesting and exciting to infuse the world with more joy and more pleasure because that's what good writing can do. It changes minds. It changes hearts, not to be cheesy. It can change the world. It can influence and impact the world. And it can just also make your life materially better. <laughs> There's really, it's really a win-win. 
And I designed this book to be something that you could go through relatively quickly. I think if you just read from start to finish, you don't do any of the exercises, which I recommend you do. If you just read from start to finish, it should probably take you like 90 minutes because it's 35 pages. But if you go through all the exercises, it should really take you about a day. It's a day book. So got the book, sketch out a day that you want to go sit with it and get a fresh new notebook and maybe even print it out if you want to and go through it. Have fun and start to implement what you learn in your life, in your work, in your writing and see what happens. See how the world opens up to you. I'm really excited about this and I can't wait for you to get your hands on it. You can find it at the link in our show notes and over at Holisticism on Instagram. You'll find the link there. But thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of the 12th house and part of the Holisticism community. I hope that you enjoyed this sneak peek into the New Age playbook for Spellbinding Can't Stop Reading Copy. I hope that you download it and that you love it. And I hope that if anything, this just inspired you to double down on your writing chops because writing is a spell, baby. (laughs) There's a reason they call it spelling because writing is magic. So I'm going to let you go. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you on the internet. The 12th House is produced by the Holisticism team with theme music by Nathan McKay and edited by the incredible Softer Sound Studio, who you can find more information about in our show notes. Thanks for listening.